So, recording started. Good morning uh, and good afternoon for you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, doing well. I think we started with some giggles just now as somebody just showed me this option on Zoom to put the the little uh, video filter. It's really nice to end up actually uh, a session with a giggle. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I was. I'm, uh, part of this authentic group communication we've been on a journey together for some six months and um, and then we so we had our last session and we ended with putting our filters like little things on on the video and we just were giggling so much it was a sad moment of, of Pausing oh. the connection, but that's how I discovered it. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. I'm thinking. I wish, wish it wasn't just on Zoom. I wish you could just like walk around and like automatically put flowers in your hair, right? Oh, like, <laughs> wouldn't like, that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes, <laughs> or just turn absolutely. into like an alien for a few minutes, or wear a unicorn <laughs> on your head, yes. or. My sons just go got Spider-Man costumes a little bit early for Halloween, but you know, it's, it's so interesting. They just transform when they put them on. Um, right. And so it's, yes. it's, it's neat as an adult, you know, we, uh, we lose that. We lose, we lose that. that. Yes. Fun. We use mm. that, that joy and, you know, wearing different costumes sometimes and, you know, be yeah. able to kind of forget sort of and imagine that we all have some superpowers or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there are parties. I mean, I started going to parties and, you know, as, as we were talking, my dog just came in and he's making mm -hmm. these sounds. So it may sound like now, like the imagination is amazing, right? Like whoever yeah. is listening and hears like this, like... Uh, scoffs or whatever you know I can just imagine me being in that space as well but I think these these like uh with, with COVID and, and stuff we also there are no parties at no. all right like these right. times for fun right. because I know that I have some friends um who are really determined and they will kind of like organize and invite people to dress up but even then like not many people will Right, like, and, right. and kind of give that uh, a childlike uh, space to uh, like be someone else, right? Right, or it has to have that sort of societal um, approval that there's a holiday coming up, so therefore right. it gives you the permission to do so, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And because everyone else is doing it, you know, we're allowed yeah. to as well sort of right? yes yeah. yeah so so which superhero would would you be oh my goodness what superhero would I be oh, what a great question <laughs> let me think about that for a minute I'm not quite sure I just you know I started watching this one um uh Amazon Prime thing called star girl and it's, mm -hmm. just, it's sort of like a coming of age sort right. of you know tv series yeah. and uh she's kind of exploring herself and her identity and 
kind of figuring out who, you know, her social circle is and mm. where she belongs and everything. And um, yeah. it's interesting coming back to it, coming back to my own country, but having been away from it for a while. Mm. It's, um, it's interesting to, uh, yeah, kind of associate that building new networks, building new, um, mm-hmm. new connections, kind of finding yourself again, because you've changed so much since you've been away and now you're back. And, um, Mm. and so, I don't know, I think that can draw some parallels to that. And she, uh, she doesn't necessarily have any superpowers except for this staff that, that glows and and comes Mm -hmm. alive and kind of befriends her. Um, So perhaps, perhaps there's, you know, a staff waiting for me somewhere. Yes. <laughs> and that forest behind you that I'm looking at, right? Now, right? Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm make one. My boys are just out roasting marshmallows, so perhaps they'll they'll be able to find me a, a staff. There forest. you go. Yes. Oh, they're, they're putting some magic in there. Yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what about I think you? having yeah having superpowers is a good. I'm I'm sure some situation will arise and I'll say, oh, this should be my superpower. I mean, it's not that I necessarily think of this um, a lot, but actually I did at a certain point. And I and uh, what was the name of that uh, cartoon? Um, Incredibles. The Incredibles, oh, yeah. have you That's seen? Right. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the, the interesting thing is that Violet, the, the girl, and mm-hmm. again, coming uh, out of age, right? Like it, in a way she's a little bit younger there, but she has this power. She's just discovering her power, right? Like, and she can't really control it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of like in... in out of those powers that are portrayed there, like her power of being invisible and creating mm-hmm. this invincible a shield of invincibility, mm-hmm. I find really uh, kind of like I was I was somehow connected with it, and um, and then uh, watching the. Uh, the X-Men. I really mm-hmm. love watching those series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Storm or Jean Grey. I don't know how much you know, but there were different moments when I'm like, ah, like you know, I would be I wish I could know have that power. But these days when I'm looking at the environment and how everything is uh, changing here, my cat is deciding to lie right across the computer again. Okay. I think we will survive. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, like powers, like being able to control, I mean, tame the nature. No, I can't mm. say control. That's, that's impossible. But to tame the nature and, and mm. create a balance somewhere there, you know, mm. um, still to be able to create the, the shield of, of protection whoever would need it mm. um, yeah mm. and sometimes yeah i wish i could just uh, have also my kind of weapon that people would see and mm. just you know be quiet 
<laughs> but isn't isn't that true that 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 shield of invincibility to protect? You know, you, you want that for your children. You'd want that. Yeah. I was thinking about a lot of different things happening this week, and I was thinking like, gosh, every all of these little pockets of situations are can be quite stressful and create a lot of anxiety and whether it's about like lawsuits or health related stuff yeah. and just yeah. like how can I still connect with all of those situations without connecting to the anxiety that is connected to it right how can I mm. shield myself from um, just as she does so well you know mm -hmm. with her with her superpowers and yeah. You know, we uh, we all go through different scenarios and mm. situations and attach ourselves to them in different ways. Um, yeah. And yet, sometimes I wish I could just be under a bubble and kind of look at them from a distance. Yes, you know, without being so connected and so emotionally charged yeah. from them. Yeah, that's it exactly. So this capacity to in a way, it's really the muscle of protecting ourselves and then being there for others as mm -hmm. well. And, and what I like in, in that, uh, how it's portrayed in, in, in the movie as well, is that there is time when, you know, the parents are saying, you can't use your superpowers, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, so this whole thing, like, don't be normal, be normal, don't stand out, don't mm -hmm. show anyone that you can do so much better, that this is, you know, like, um, more than being a human. And then there is a moment when these skills are so needed. And then the mother goes and says, now, do it now. And the girl is performing <laughs> under pressure. I mean, that is actually, that really was something that really got me to connect with, with that character. Mm. You know, like there, there are times we so thrive on being, um, like blending in, right? Like, and, and really being accepted to belong. It's so important to belong, to find our own community, to find, you know, place where we are understood, where we are heard. Mm. Um, and then we will make compromises. Yeah. I find often is to, just to kind of like suppress that that is kind of like in, in my own mind, maybe making me uh, be different from others, especially with certain roles, like being a coach or um, having a place in a community. You know? uh, mm -hmm. I remember there was uh, a person, a friend, I mean, like I, I defriended her after the comment, but there was a time I was going through a difficult period and, and uh, I was collapsing in a way and, and I was confiding in her and her comment was like, but Alida, you're a life coach. You can't, can't you solve your own problems? Right? And that just hit me. And I was like, oh, wow, like this was not a safe space to, for me mm -hmm. to share. Yeah. And, and I know that sometimes there is that perspective. We do so much work on ourselves. Every coach would, right? But this expectation that, that we are invincible um, and, and then also expectation from ourselves that we need to put the face mm -hmm. on, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, there was someone who just came 
participated in a class uh, a few days ago and, and talking about having the space of being um, a leader in, in, a, in, in terms of taking a lead in the mindfulness community and um, organizing um, certain uh, travel-related mindfulness activities and how much pressure there was always to show up, always to be on the top, always to be compassionate, always to be, you know, like spacious and, and accepting and how she burned out. And then because of COVID, these activities uh, stopped because yeah, she cannot travel anymore. And, and how she began to see within herself these traces that she continued to to accept that persona or, or to leave that persona of, of someone who was the, the face of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As if when we are practicing mindfulness, we should not be angry. We, we cannot right? Right. Right. express anger. Yes. Right. Or yeah, impatient yeah. Or, or in, yes. in a rush to do things or, you know. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's so easy, you know, like I realized that being in that trap myself, mm -hmm. there was a moment when I, um, when I shared all of that with, uh, with my, um, uh, on my, in my classes, I began to share what I was really uh, kind of like working on and what were my struggles and so on. And I realized actually people appreciated that much more than me being this kind of mm. like pretend or not even pretend, but just showing one face. Mm. Right? Mm. And then I realized that actually um, it wasn't about people and pressure that was coming from people that it was all mine. I thought that people were giving me that pressure that I should be like that, that you know, the moment of breaking that stigma within myself, mm -hmm. I, it was actually completely opposite. And just realizing those who are in the practice really understand what it means to be authentic, really. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to give yeah. ourselves permission to be who we are, right? Yeah. And to know, to know, to be aware of what we want to work on. Um, and to have those guides along the way that can, that can help, right? And that, that are yeah. supportive as if, and, and not judgmental according to what their own expectations might be as well, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I think, I think, you know, marriage having been, kind of married I guess now seven six seven years I mm. still feel like it's very new um, mm -hmm. but you have someone always there in, in a partnership that 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 sees you all the time right mm -hmm. and and sees all your different faces as 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 you had mentioned right and um yeah. and so you know if you can if you have those individuals with whom you can have that safe space to um be real in all those moments you know yeah and it's that's that's important because then there's less pressure on yourself to to be in a certain way 
Yes, absolutely. Relationships are, intimate relationships are such a practice. Mm. It's amazing on mm-hmm. how we, you know, eventually we need to kind of like let that guard off. Right. No, everybody begins to, to express their own inner self. And these faces change as well, right? But then through the partner's acceptance, we can learn so much about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, through, you know, if they're not accepting us and, uh, you know, like it's how can we step beyond that as well and find, you know, is that the right person to be with? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, it can be, um, it can be again terrifying uh, how much compromise, how, how much are people willing to do in order mm-hmm. to, to be uh, accepted, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and yet it means that we are just rejecting ourselves in the core, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the best thing that you can do for both yourself and your partner is just, you know, understand more about who it is that you are. Show up in a way that you feel you're connecting to your source, right? And mm-hmm. um, and just try to also connect with them and where they're coming from and who they are and what their, their source is, which might be totally yes. different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it's, it's the inner journey of self and, and then it's your journey with them into their self. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if it is um, okay, but uh, right now my, uh, I'm, again, I know you shared, but uh, I'm having a question again and if it would be okay for you to share here. Mm. At a certain point in your life, you decided to go into the search or the mm. deep connection mm. within, within yourself. Would you be, mm. well, within, maybe was it within yourself? Was it with, with something larger than yourself? Uh, how, could you share a bit about that journey? Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was, um, you know, it was interesting. I'd always grown up kind of, um, well, at different points, faith was always um, part of my childhood upbringing. And it was interesting. I'd gotten to a point in my career where I just felt I had nothing more to give. Um, And even the point of like writing a resume to work somewhere else, it wasn't even appealing. I couldn't even be, I wasn't even sort of interested in finding another job in another company or sort of living kind of a parallel life in a different office building or things like that. I just, I felt like I needed just a step back from all of it. And um, I was very interested in peace building at the time, um, primarily because I was struggling with um, uh, a pretty, an intense relationship with someone uh, that I was working with for a number of years. And we just couldn't get it resolved. And so I, I kind of dove into, into peace building, went to a uh, peace and reconciliation course in Ireland, um, and then came across um, 
the Oasis of Peace in Italy and started and then wanted to spend a couple of weeks there, wanted to do the sort of the theoretical peace building of peace and reconciliation and understand what that was about. And then also do some reflection on myself. And after spending a couple of weeks there going home, I'd realized that, you know, two weeks wasn't nearly enough. Um, in retrospect, I had to spend two and a half years uh, there in what they call their formation process. And I think at that point in time, I was in my early 30s. And so it was that time of like living a pretty great 20s of traveling the world and working and enjoying all of that. And it's getting into my 30s. And, you know, I, I don't want to say that I did it because I wasn't in a relationship, although that I'm sure that that might have had an influence in my decision. But I just felt like I needed a different kind of learning for myself. And stepping away from everything, getting rid of my furniture, my car, um, you know, really just purging and literally going to a contemplative convent where you just focus on your daily chores and spend, you know, hours a day in meditation. Um, it just felt like the right decision. And, you know, I look at it now, I'm like, was that a really like off the mark decision? But yet it felt like the right decision. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I'd maybe been putting it off for a while and I knew that it was just, it was time. And when you have that sense of about you, without, about knowing it's time, that even just that phrase, like nothing else needs, to, you don't need to sort of think about it anymore. You just know that it's time. Mm -hmm. um, I made the, the decision to, to move there and wrote to them expressing my interest in learning more about their community, more about connecting on a spiritual level, um, perhaps even becoming a nun, perhaps, you know, in the future. But of course, that takes years of formation to understand yeah. if you really do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a process that they led me through that was, um, you know, just about knowing my story. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, in that experience, they may have a lot of people coming to kind of escape from the world and mm -hmm. escape from things in their lives that perhaps are uncomfortable or um, want a place where everybody's kind and loving um, and accepting. Um, and yet convents are just a place where people are human mm -hmm. um, and everybody's working on their own story. Mm. But I think the most important thing was knowing your story and having that undisturbed time of knowing, um, getting to know my story and what influenced me. In leadership, we have something called the iceberg, right? So your behaviors are on top and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff underneath. Mm -hmm. And it was just two and a half years of getting to know everything underneath. 
my motivations, my intentions, challenging my beliefs. Um, why, why do I believe what I believe? Um, is it the right thing for me? Um, whose voices are guiding me unintentionally? Who do I want to please? Um, all of these questions. Um, and of course, they don't come up all at once. They, they surface, you know, like little flowers um, throughout the course of, you know, years. And, you know, not to sort of fast forward to the end, but at, at, after two and a half years, I just realized that perhaps my motivations for being there weren't real, weren't authentic enough mm -hmm. to commit to living that lifestyle mm -hmm. for the next 10, 20, 30 years. And that's what it would right. be, it's, it's that commitment. Um, and so I took some time back home, um, six months, and I just stayed in a neutral space. Mm -hmm. And this neutral space um, wasn't about making any decisions to stay or to leave or to go back or to do something different. It was just a space of no decision, just to be mm -hmm. and to understand what the last two and a half years were about and how do I wanna move forward? Um, so I just gave myself that permission not to make any decisions. Um, and I got into gardening. I just grew lots of vegetables. And, you know, at the end of that, it was, it was, it felt right to say, I'm not the right person. My, my true self is not the right fit for that lifestyle. Um, but I didn't want to let go of those two and a half years. I mean, they were intense, right? I learned so much and the meditation every day and the lifestyle that you fall into and your routine and um, everything that you've learned. I wanted to still hold on to that. Um, but how, right? And um, that's where mindfulness really came and I'd never heard of it before and someone introduced it to me and I thought, okay, that that feels like the right fit, you know? And then it was just time to learn more about that. Um, and so it was, um, so it was just such a really kind of like a pause. If I look back, it was just a very big pause um, in my life to understand more about my life um, and what I wanted for myself and, um, what those beliefs were going to be and what those motivations and intentions were going to be. Um, and just what, what did I want moving forward? And I just became more real. Um, and I let go of a lot of things too, which was really freeing. Um, but still working on a lot of stuff, you know, it's none of that stuff is completely gone. Um, it's still, still there in the background sometimes and and that's good because it reminds me about that experience and uh the trans the transformation that you can have within yourself it's peace is not just about being peaceful it's also about for me it was also about understanding the war right like you can understand I can understand peace now better because of 
going through the difficulty of like looking at those other parts of myself that I maybe didn't want to look at. Um, and it was just a really interesting way to, to go about doing it. Right. So it was, um, it was, uh, if, if anybody ever has an inkling to, to want to do something like that, I would, I, I would always, I would, I would never say don't do it. I would say like, do it if you feel like it's right for you. Um, and just because I didn't go through with, you know, the, the religious calling doesn't mean that other people maybe don't have that calling or, or will go in that, in that direction. And so it's, um, yeah, it's just about sharing the story and people will take different little pieces from it. Um, and I think, you know, it's, um, it was, it was just treasured time, um, being back, you can get pulled into a lot of different directions, especially now I have two boys and work and it's the MBA and husband and like my parents. And it's like all these different things are pulling, pulling, pulling. And I just, um, I feel like that moment was um, kind of a preparation time in some way of not having all of the, the distractions and just being able to focus on my own self-awareness. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing how these, these life uh, circumstances now are, are also in some way, uh, it's kind of like could be called uh, a, a daily uh, war, right? Like mm. of priorities, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like the change and shifting of priorities and then mm. having the, the capacity to see what is that really often we you know like in coaching also say the silent voice within mm -hmm. but to get connected with that silent voice within we really need to come to the silence ourselves right mm -hmm. but when our environment has a lot of voices also it can trigger then you know like sometimes it can be very uh, confusing to to kind of like connect unless there is practice this is what i also realize once when we go deep into practice and you went so deep i mean two and a half years is really even if you didn't go for the the calling um that is really uh, a long time to uh, to spend in that type of environment here in China, with Taoist practices, they say three months. Mm -hmm. But if you spend three months in solitary, actually, mm -hmm. so uh, on your own in nature, uh, then that would uncover or bring some capacity uh, to, to see ourselves in a way where the practice would come out, um, mm -hmm. let's say, stronger. But uh, at the same time, these days, there is a lot of um, people are saying that now at this time withdrawing from society is not really the practice mm. it's actually for us to be able to stay with all of that that is happening outside and then cultivating that peace inside mm -hmm. uh, it, it really shows the the mastery right and also the need to be there for others uh, seems that it's 
it's a bit of a different different calling than than yeah. it used to be when what they say when these practices were formed um you know there was not necessary people were connected with their body mm-hmm. right so although maybe the medicine was not as advanced but um you know, like maybe poverty was creating some difficulties, but in general, people were fit. So they were not looking for practices to, to create body fitness, right? Right, right. Well, we have formed a lot of these practices into physical fitness and, and now coming full circle at this, this time um, where I think consciousness is, we are looking into how we can apply these, uh, you know, like contemplative uh, studies from uh, East and, and from the West where they really need to be of a spiritual and mental nature as well, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that that mental fitness now is taking, um, taking the, uh, the front stage in many ways. Um, whether it be with, you know, you hear it on the Olympics, you hear it from COVID, you hear it from, you know, different burnouts, um, and people are just coming more and more forward with it. Right. So how do you, yeah, like the invincible girl, we want to shield ourselves from many things, right. I feel like, you know, to bring that comparison in those two and a half years it was it was that it was in I was in my own sort of fear with Mm -hmm. myself and facing facing myself um but how do you open that up and then bring more people into that with you right um, right and still be able to uh stay centered Mm -hmm. and healthy yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot to juggle. And then, you know, priorities, you know, like family clusters, right? Yeah. Like what do you do? And, you know, yeah, parents are aging, yeah. right? For, yeah. And then there, there are those responsibilities. Uh, I mean, I'm, as I'm living in China, that is very deeply ingrained in culture also mm-hmm. to, to be there, to have that duty to support parents it's mm-hmm. really seen as as a duty and part of almost like a karmic karma um, in the west in some countries it's not so strong uh, um, or it's more on an individual basis um, and then the world is turning into old nation mm-hmm. i mean like we, we, it's the aging is the next really topic right? Like how do we support each other? What is happening with the next generation? Mm. Um, um, Why are people not choosing to have children? There's so much pressure to to give more. And then there's, I also think at the moment, a lot of people will say, I don't want to take the responsibility to bring a child into the world that I don't agree with. Right. 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 So so how was that for you um i mean in in at the moment actually uh just planning the the family um 
we we just met yesterday with a, uh, a person who could be uh, who is willing to don donate uh, sperm uh, so yeah we are starting the process and uh, yeah there is uh, there i was certainly going through the whole space of um, non you know it's not the right time but now it just feels that there's there's a calling there's some calling to really connect with this uh, new soul that is that, that is ready to connect right it's time <laughs> yeah and i know it's time yes and i know we we connected really uh, deeply by by starting this session here um uh, in beijing the, the class called mindful mothers yeah. right it's and you were just going through your pregnancy at that time and <laughs> <laughs> and then another one <laughs> right <laughs> So how, how was that for you that that decision to 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 did you have were you connected with that you just knew you wanted to be a mother and you know another hold in your career putting your career on hold in order yeah. to transfer into your motherhood yeah it was um i think i think i felt ready because i was with the right person Mm. Um, and and that part means a lot to me and and not not to say that you know single parents are do phenomenal jobs and but i was just with another person that i wanted to um wanted to have a family now kind of it was interesting kind of going through my career um I always managed a team mm -hmm. and everybody always kind of called me the mother hen, right? Like I always, always kind of like had this uh, maternal management approach um, and not to bring like organizational stuff into it, but that was my outlet for, mm. for nurturing that part of me, that sort of um, maternal um you know, nurturing part of like caring for other people or giving them challenges or, you know, providing lessons and opportunities and um, growth and, and everything for them. And, um, and I think, I think that when, you know, I was able to find the right person to be with, and it was, it, it took some time because it was interesting. I spent my sort of my twenties being single. And then of course went to the convent for, for, for a few years. And after that really kind of, that's when sort of the, the dating kind of started. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you're in your thirties and you kind of just feel like you've just started, started kind of that dating process with the intention of wanting to find a long-term partner. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you find them, then everything else just kind of fell together, right? Like we were together quite a short period of time. And then, you know, within that time period, we had Damien and then, you know, two months later we were pregnant with Tyrone. And at that point we were settling into Beijing and um, found the, the job of my dream and, you know, teaching mm. leadership and everything. And it was just like, all of these wonderful things were happening simultaneously. 
and uh and yet you know i think uh for me in, re in reflecting on that it was how do you give all to all mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. so at that point it's like i can't right and so that's when you decide to do part-time work and that's when you get an IE to help with the boys and that's when you spend your precious time with them when you can and it was um it was it was good because I wouldn't have given up anything during that time everything that came um you know and I think that was the biggest lesson for for mindful mothers was this idea of how how do you be mindful a mother is one part of that it's a big part but I'm also these other things as well yeah and so it's it was just that some identities take more of your time and energy than others mm -hmm. at certain stages right so Damien's starting school in a couple of weeks all of a sudden wow. he's like oh my god he's not here for like six hours of the day right so then that gives time to something else. And it's like a balloon. It just, the air keeps going in and out and it gets smaller and bigger and it changes. And, um, and so it's just been, it has been a constant change over the last five years or so okay. of that. Um, and it's not like you can really prepare for it. And yeah. really it's just, you have to kind of trust yourself and Mm -hmm. know how to respond when when all those priorities come to head right <laughs> yes. so and sometimes like we said in the in our in our first conversation sometimes we have to say no to things yeah. that we love and wish that we could do um and it was um and that's okay we just need to be able to mm -hmm. give ourselves permission to do that um because yeah, time, time goes and, you know, and in, in time, if when this new soul arrives, you know, things may change and that's good and that will happen. And, um, and so it's, it, they, they're teaching me a lot about myself mm -hmm. um, constantly. They're just starting to form their language and I'm like, oh my gosh, I say that all the time, right? Because they're picking <laughs> up on what I'm saying. And I'm like, Oh, I say that too, right? So it's like they're they're my little teachers. You know, my my convent days are just continuing on in a different form, right? Like it's it's I'm still they're still my mirror. Yeah. They're still they're still teaching me how I can be more authentic, you know, to them, to myself. And yeah. I can just imagine this like little echo following you everywhere. <laughs> Two little echoes. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's coming from the oh yes. Oh yeah. This <laughs> oh brilliant. Yeah. yeah. They're precious. Yeah. yeah. They're precious. Yeah, yeah definitely. So what's coming up for you then? I mean, you said you've just start and you've introduced somebody and you're looking at well you see it was um this is one one um 
one of the things um, my partner she just shared with me how uh, she was the um, a short documentary on on children of um, uh, LGBTQ uh, community parents basically and uh, one thing that they were saying which is really amazing is like one thing they all know is we were wanted mm. you cannot have an unwanted LGBTQ family child you know because there is so much that needs to take be in place yeah. to organize to find to to go through the decision and mm -hmm. to and then i mean efforts i would assume are the same for for anyone because it's not that every family can conceive very quickly mm -hmm. um, um but the logistics i mean we've been talking about it for some years um and then in January, we actually met with, uh, with someone who it's, uh, they already have uh, a family uh, and two children. So in, uh, in, a, in a gay relationship. So um, a lot of experience. So he was sharing with us on, on what it would take. And to be honest, I had, I had the space of going through fear. A lot of fear of like who will I be my identity I you know I cannot prove anything anywhere um, I'm from I live in a country where it just doesn't I wouldn't serve any role legally I come from a country where I wouldn't have any legal uh, status as as a parent of that child so um, I, after the first meeting, I actually just withdrew and, and I thought like this feels very unsafe. Yeah. And, uh, and it caused even some uh, ripple within the relationship as well. Uh, and, and kind of like we, we just put the conversation on hold. Um, um, but we were also looking for some stability in our lives, uh, you know, like, of course, everything that has been happening and so much planning. So this is where it's like talking about feeling ready, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, there was a moment, I, I think that somehow the relationship with me and my partner um, began to evolve and and it felt like we, I, I had a breakthrough um, that suddenly it stopped being about there was so, just somehow some uh, a deep level of trust uh, replaced that fear mm. and I can't explain it um, exactly what it is uh, I think trust within myself uh, that this is just what is um, important for me. I, uh, you know, did change some partners in my life and, and having a child was uh, kind of like always a topic at certain point. Mm. And then um, in a way, I, I had to make a decision that at a certain point, my body was just not going to, I was not going to be a mother. And that was... Mm. It's kind of like a difficult um, process to go through. I think looking back now, could I have done more effort? I, and I didn't. So however life played itself, it doesn't matter. 
I think the relationship for me was kind of like more important than thinking I want children. So, and then in the end, the relationship didn't work out, perhaps because we didn't have children. So who knows, you know, like all of that. So these are, it, it, it's been um, like searching for, for, for something uh, uh, in my life and then realizing that that search uh, was maybe for my mother hand role to really be kind of like a place to connect with that archetype. Because I was also uh, called uh, sometimes uh, like um, with my friends, you know, like or um, uh, even like or in some of the classes. Uh, but now I, I feel like, okay, maybe we can try. It doesn't mean anything. Just beginning to try doesn't mean anything, of course. Mm. Anything can happen. But there is that sense of open heart. There is no more fear or questioning because I know before I would go like, I think we are going to go for this or but inside maybe some doubt or I know I was connecting with, with some voice before that it would be like well I should just go through this because that's what one just does that's what you know relationships do then you go into having a child right mm -hmm. uh, so that phase kind of like dissolved as well mm -hmm. and and right now, I feel like that both me and my partner are in the place that it's not about the relationship. It, it's about connection with that child, really. So wherever the relationship goes, and that feels ready for me right now. It feels ready, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's been quite, quite a ride. Um, and then, then we'll see. Then it's all these decisions, you know. How do you do it? Do you, do you do it naturally? Do you go further than that, you know? So we'll go for a natural uh, conception uh, at the moment and mm -hmm. and see how far we can go. There is this belief that it's going to happen quickly. We are hearing some <laughs> stories, you know, like and and I don't know, like what how will life turn and what kind of messages are in this and learning. Who knows, right? But yeah, another another school of life, I guess, is calling to to go. Um, yeah, absolutely. You and Julie will be doing that together. That's wonderful. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is really, beautiful. really exciting uh, mm -hmm. time. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I'll I'll keep uh, keep you updated. Okay. Uh, you know how it goes, and and I'm sure there is. So this is the, the moment when this, uh, I'm, I'm suddenly the blending of the roles, right? Like when it comes into like, okay, yes. And now you're, you have professional uh, roles, you know, like business owner or a leader or, you know, a coach um, or facilitator, then uh, having a role in the community, you know, like building the community and then oh, like, okay, uh, partner parent right yeah it's, uh, we are all of that all right of yes we are yeah and we have to remember that what we need for ourselves right in and amongst yeah. all of that um so it's yeah it's uh and and don't get me wrong the relationships that you give to they also fill you with, with different things as well, right? Like, 
Absolutely. You know, it was, um, you know, preparing for, for this call and um, Tyrone wanted to, he was so excited. He had this little measuring tape strapped to his shorts, right? And he was just like walking around this little measuring tape. And I'm like, you are the cutest little kid I've ever seen but I've got to get to a meeting now. Right. And so it's like, just also enjoying those moments, um, with them and, um, letting them, letting them give you that because they want to, they want to share that, you know, with you. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's his super, superpower. Superpower. Yes. <laughs> the measuring right. tape. I'm yeah, measuring right. you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having the idea of how the world works. Yes, oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, those are the best teachers. You know, really they are. I've been um, uh, just supporting uh, and teaching some uh, members of the community in becoming coaches, and mm. and uh, one is is decided has chosen the path of being a, a teenager coach. Wow, interesting. Yeah, and I just held the, the session last weekend on, on the uh, self-compassion for teens. Okay. And, and amazing, you know, like and just observing these, uh, these phases also, like just having a curiosity right now, like on, mm. on how coaching has shifted in having a very, uh, in a way, stereotypical role in being like you are coach if you're an executive or life coach right like so there's kind of like nothing in between but there is so much now blending in and and being like a coach for parents but then it's not really even being a coach for teens or it's just adopting the coaching kind of communication style right mm -hmm. almost like being the internal being a parent coach right like right. Right. being teacher coach Right. Uh, so Julia uh, is working in the um, in the school or so high high school and and mm. she's using her coaching skills there and it's working miracles you know it, and it's not because it's happening every time but when it comes at that time of conflict or at that time of some questions like bringing a coaching um, into place is really really amazing and and, and that's, there's, there's a lot of that coming up, uh, like coaching, being a doctor coach, you know, being mm. a lawyer coach. I mean, can you imagine? Right? Maybe that's there, yeah. 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 That's so some, some, some beautiful, this blending of, of the roles, I think, and, and being so authentic in in holding our own skills and just, mm. you know, in, in the end, really maintaining that belief that we are all resourceful, creative and whole, and then mm. having faith that we are creating just um, the world that is in the end a little bit better. That's right? true. That's so true. It's, um, I'm thinking about how often I, I use coaching and it's actually more than I, more than I recognize. Um, but when, mm -hmm. when you do, no matter what part of your identity you're using it with, it always comes back as something powerful. Yeah. Yes. So it doesn't need to just be in like, you know, an exact, you know, like you said, in a formal, formal role, 
your yeah. whole identity can can use that approach in the way you communicate, whether it's with your parent or daughter, your partner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And when that comes also, I think it's really important to distinguish that it's not because we as coaches, we, we have, uh, you know, it's a lot about powerful questions, right? Mm -hmm. But we somehow need to step away from questioning others. Yeah. So when using these skills, it's not about questioning others. Mm -hmm. That's not what powerful question is. Right. It's bringing really the presence of, of beginner's mind, the curiosity. Mm -hmm. How could that really work, right? Like it's for this invitation for deep contemplation right. and, and uh, reflection on, on what else can be out there and how we can have a different approach, right? Yeah, that, minds, that mindset shift for, for them when you yeah. can see them stuck somewhere and just having them adopt a, a new perspective on something that allows them to be more free and more healthy and more whole. Yeah. Um, yes. True. Wonderful. So perhaps something we can uh, look more into, some mm -hmm. uh, deep, powerful questions we have both met along our ways. And, uh, I'm sure we can uh, talk a lot about that. But for now, shall we just... Uh, yes. finish our cup of coaching tea <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good we'll get a refill next week yeah that's yes. right next conversation wonderful yeah Amazing. beautiful thank you all right thank you Renee and uh, hope whoever is listening uh, they're enjoying this and uh, yeah send us uh, perhaps any any questions from that end or any inquiries um so how, how could you be reached? How would you like to be reached if anybody would, would want to connect oh. with you and ask more questions? Yeah, I mean, I'm on, um, I'm on WeChat um, as well, Renee Hodgkinson, or um, email is also good, renee.hodgkinson mm -hmm. at outlook.com. Um, I'm available by phone, but with international calls, you never know what time of day yes. you might be getting. So Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So maybe email and maybe. WeChat. Yes. That would be so yeah and my my widget is dalida turkovic and um my uh, email is dalida at beijingmindfulness.com mm -hmm. all right great okay so see you next week on uh, with a cup of tea bye bye <laughs> yay